the noise volume disappeared and then the kids went out, didn't they? I wonder why that is, yeah. Sounds to me like the jumping castle's got a bit of favour going for it there with the kids. And yeah. Can I read you some quotes? Please? Can I do that? Please? Yeah. They're, they're good ones, actually. Billy Graham said, When wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. When character is lost, all is lost. It's a pretty profound quote, isn't it? It's true. These are by my old friend Rick Godwin. You cannot be defeated by what others say about you. What's important is what you say about yourself, the power of I am. Another one of his, stop trying to climb stuff that you're supposed to speak to. And another one, parents, brand your children like you would brand a business. This is what we do in our family and this is who we are. And we tell our kids that and we tell them young. Amen? We did that. You belong to Jesus. You're going to serve him all your life. You're going to grow up loving going to church. And yeah. We just told them that. They were silly enough to believe it. That, that was the truth. Tell them the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to a young fellow the other day. I said, how's your young fellow going? Oh, he's doing good. I said, you doing a good job of bringing him up? Oh, yeah, yeah. He said, he can choose whatever he likes. And, you know, I'll be behind him all the way. And I said, that's, that's smart, isn't it? He can choose whatever he likes and choose the wrong way and you're right behind him. I said, be his dad, lead him, bring him up, you know. Yeah, praise God. Anyway, today, Second Kings chapter 4. If you would like to follow on, I'll give you a little couple of seconds to turn your Bibles to Second Kings chapter 4. And I want to read today from verses 8 to oh, about 17. 10, 11 verses there I want to uh, read today. Uh, usually this is known as the Elisha's, uh, there's two miracles here with, uh, we call, we know her as a Shunammite woman, come from the area or the town of Shunam in that district and uh, therefore called a Shunammite. And she was a remarkable lady and uh, received two miracles, uh, notable miracles from God. And uh, usually, uh, uh, because I know that many of you will be very familiar with this passage of Scripture, so I'm not going to uh, uh, spoil anything by telling you that she wasn't able to have children, then she was, and then the child died, and then was raised from the dead by Elisha. And so most sermons, and I've preached on it before here, and most sermons, most messages I've heard on this chapter of Scripture all centre around the young fellow being raised from the dead, which is obviously a notable miracle. And uh, who loves miracles? Yeah, yeah, we all love them. We all want miracles. But I, I just want to talk about the lady today, uh, about the lady herself. So I just want to read, say, 10, 11 verses and uh because this lady had some really, really, really good qualities in her, really good stuff in her, real good traits in her that I believe would have blessed her immensely. She would have been blessed in life. She was blessed. She would have continued to have been blessed, and I, I, I believe she would have been increased in blessing 
even if she had not received any miracles, um, notable, you know, huge, big miracles, I, I just reckon she would have lived happy and blessed because of these qualities that were in her. And I just want to talk about some of them today because I'd like to see them in abundance in all of us. I really would. Let's read and I'll explain uh, my thoughts to you this morning. Second Kings 4, uh, verse 8, One day Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. He's a man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he passes by. One day Elisha returned to Shunem and he went up to his upper room to rest. He said to his servant Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied, my family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son, and her husband is an old man. Good like me. (laughs) Call her back again, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, Next year, at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, no, my lord, she cried. O man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as... Elisha said, praise God. It's a great story, isn't it? It's not a story, it's the truth. It's a true account of something that happened. And uh, so as I said, I want to talk about some of the really good qualities I see in this lady. Number one, I don't know really, I, I know in my heart what I think, putting it in words sometimes difficult for me, but let, let's say number one, she had a spirit of hospitality. That would be probably the theologically correct way of saying what, what I want to say about the lady. Or you could, you could say that she desired to include others in her life. Or she had a desire to be involved. You could say it a whole lot of different ways and pick up the thought that I have. But, um, cause some people have got the means to help and couldn't give a hoot about anyone. Uh, some people never really use the giftings and talents that God gives them, but this lady certainly did. And uh, she wanted this man, sensed that he was a good man and wanted him to come and eat with them. And so, uh, uh, you know, it, it was a great thing that she did. And, you know, when, when, you, when you get involved with people and you take opportunities to get involved with others, like it's a great 
way and a great chance of building relationships with people. And sometimes we need those. You know, if we, if we cut ourselves off and, oh, well, Ian and Betty could take them home. Yeah, they'll look after them, but no, yeah, no, we're too busy, too tired. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you connect with people when you do things like that. It's like, come around, catch up with you one day and have a coffee or whatever it may be. When, when we sort of care about people and meet with them, it's just opportunity to connect with people. And, uh, you know, I've had heaps of opportunities come out of connections. Heaps, heaps of ministry opportunities and, min- and, and opportunities to get ministry for here because of connections that I've been able to build. Uh, yeah, you want to catch up with a coffee at the conference? Yeah, and I've got such and such coming. And cool bar, his name is. I thought, yeah, okay. And he's my, we love him. And I said, okay. Would we be able to get hold of him? And yeah, and so he's been a great blessing to us. But you build that through connections, and we really do need that. Uh, you know, connections are wonderful things. I, I, I know I've worn this story out, but John McMartin at Liverpool, Inspire Church at Liverpool, they bought, I think, 50 acres at uh, Hoxton Park, and it was in a once-in-a-hundred-year flood zone, but there was one corner of the property that wasn't in the flood zone, and uh, it would have to be a Noah's flood to sort of get into that corner, and they bought the land with you were building a church and weren't allowed to build it. And when it came time, you know, they raised the money, they paid it for the land and they took up offerings and they had the money to start on the building and council wouldn't issue a building permit. I said, no, we're worried about the flood thing. And uh, I said, well, we bought this land. <laughs> what are we going to do with it? If you can't, if you can't build on it, well, it's useless. Like you have misled us. And oh, yeah, well, that's the breaks. They just no help from the council at all. And uh, I've told the story so many times, but they got a young fellow saved one night. He was drunk. He was obviously on some sort of drug, and uh, uh, he was sort of way out there, man, and he he was unkempt and not in good condition, and uh, he come out and got saved. And John said, I thought, mate, he's a hopeless case, this guy. You'll probably never see him again. But he turned up at one of the Bible studies on Wednesday night, and he turned up the next Sunday. And then gradually he got washed and cleaned and trimmed up and changed his appearance and got a job and just radically changed this young man. And so they're praying one Sunday night about the council refusing to give him this building permit and just really saying, God, give us, just give us grace somewhere here, you know, and they're really praying. So he come to see John after and, and I don't know that the mayor must have, might have been, um, you know, Jack Smith, and this guy's name was Tom Smith. And and so uh, no one connected the two, but he said, are you really telling me the council won't? He said, well, I'm going to talk to my dad. And John said, well, you sure? Well, who's your dad? He well, he's the mayor, you know. He said, oh, you're the mayor, sir. And so the family had already written John a letter. Um, it just wasn't on council or anything. It was just a personal letter saying how grateful they were for the amazing change in their son. They're not religious, but they, you know, they said, thank you for what you've done. John said, oh, okay. So this young fellow went home and ripped into his dad and told him what a disgrace it all was. So they put re, re, um, applied for a permit and they got through to council. But God gives us connections at times in our lives. And, and this lady certainly built a connection out of her 
spirit of hospitality and inviting Elisha to come home and eat with them, willing to get involved. Number two, she didn't give up easily because it sounds to me like she, she said to Elisha, hey, we would love to have you come home and eat with us. Oh, yeah, look, you know, when, what time? I'll be right around. It sounds to me like there was some reluctance there because, um, you know, it says um, um, she urged him. Another translation says she persuaded him. What does that mean? That probably he wasn't going to or maybe he had time issues or, you know, I don't know what the issues were, but she she wasn't going to give up. Uh, you know, no, we want you to come. Well, you can go tomorrow, you know, we'd love you to come around. She really, really, really pressed him until he came. And, and I like, sometimes people that are like that can, can annoy you a little bit. You ever, ever, ever come across that? Has one of your children ever been like that? When can we go? Can we go now? No, no, we told you it's going to be tomorrow. Well, when's tomorrow? Well, is it tomorrow yet? You know, no. Like they, they just, they're just on the case, you know. And uh, I you know, and in business, some people, you know, you say, yeah, look, I can do it for you, but it's probably going to be two or three weeks at least before I can get to it, you know. So they ring you up in two days. Oh, are you coming? Are you coming yet? And I said, no. I'm sorry, I told you, it'd be two or three. Can't you come earlier? No, I'm sorry. Like, but people who press in like that get things too sometimes, don't they? And I think sometimes we probably miss out on more than what we should because we don't press in like that. You know, I think of the um, of the unrighteous judge in Luke and and the widow lady, and and she just kept knocking and knocking and knocking until she wore him down. And uh, God's not an unrighteous judge; He's a good, you know, He's He's a father, like He's our heavenly Father. How much does he desire to give us good things? And I think sometimes God just tests us out a little bit. Lord, we want this. We want this. Knock, knock. We pray. Lord, give me this. And, and quick, get it. No, I think sometimes God says, okay, that's, that's good. Yeah. And you keep praying. Oh, God, I'd love to see this. Yeah, okay. You know, and after a while, God says, yeah, it's genuine. You know, they, they really pray for this. That's, yeah. I'm sure God does that, you know. Um, cause you don't give your kids just, well, you shouldn't. I mean, I think, yeah, the stuff they need to learn, isn't it? And I think God does that. And sometimes, oh God, I really wonder, oh, that didn't work. And then they stop praying. And so maybe if we pressed in, it might have been, yeah. I don't know, but I just think sometimes I just, yeah. I reckon it works that way. God loves people to press in and keep pressing in and keep praying. Remember Elijah, Elisha's mentor, up on Mount Carmel and, uh, yeah, it's going to rain. He went and knelt down, didn't he? I'm glad I didn't do what Elijah did. It says he put his head between his knees. If I got in that position today and prayed, uh, probably need several of you to help me get up and straighten up again. I can't imagine putting my head, but man, he put his head between his knees. And so he was, he was, mate, he was desperate. And, and he prayed, sent the bloke up the hill, the servant, and what happened? Cut back nothing. <laughs> he said, oh, well, that didn't work. No. 
he just put his head back between his legs and off he went again. Like, and he would have kept doing it, wouldn't he? You know what I'm talking about this morning. And I reckon that spirit was in this lady. She was going to persist until he came home. That's just how it was. Amen? And I reckon that's a really, really good trait to have. When you pray for people, keep praying for them. You know, it's been five years. I don't care. Ten years. Just keep praying for them. Just keep knocking. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Any man who hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in, didn't he? And so if he's standing there knocking, we ought to be knocking in prayer that they'll open the door. And knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking. And oh, well, they didn't get saved. Hang on. No, 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 no. Have the spirit of this lady and we keep on keeping on getting pressing in to God. Amen? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, sometimes God's answer is no, too. But, you know, we need to keep knocking in until we know that. Number three, she she understood the principle of honouring. She said to her husband, I am sure, the old King James, it says, I perceive that this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man. Yeah. And she, in understanding that he was God's man, he was he was the prophet, she believed in him. And she honoured him by asking him home and by building the little unit that they did. She honoured him by doing that. And I, I, I just, you know, there's just a principle there. It's a scriptural principle. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I can just hear her saying to her husband, darling, do you think she called him that? Yeah. Don't know. What's a good word for a wife to call a husband? I think if my wife called me that, she'd get nearly anything she wanted. And so uh, that might be why I give her things all the time. I don't know. But, darling, why can't we build a house up on top here and, you know, put this in it? And, and when he comes through, he could. And so the old man said, well, yeah. Uh, and I don't know, I'm not using slang and saying the old man because it says he was an old man. So he said, yeah, okay, well, let's build it. But they honoured him by doing that. And uh, all, all I know, folks, like, uh, you know, she, she knew Romans 13, uh, I think it's verse 7, before it was even written, many, 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 many years before it was ever written, which says, render, therefore, to all their Jews, tribute to whom tribute is due, Custom to whom custom or taxes uh, uh, to whom it's due or fear to whom fear or honour to whom honour. Like uh, so they honoured the man of God. I wonder if that had anything to do with the miracles the lady received. I just believe it does. I believe it's a godly principle that when we honour God, honours us. It, it just it just works. It's a principle that works. I know it. Uh, found that in my uh, in my life many many times. Probably if I've ever sat down and talked with you with some issue, I would probably have said the same thing. If you honour God, he'll honour you. But it just seems to work that way. It's a principle that I've found very, 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 uh, 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 you know, it works. It just really does when we honour and give honour to whom honour is due. Because it's easy to not do that, isn't it? You know, like it's easy... Uh, Especially at work, 
you know, I, I, I don't have so much trouble at church doing it, but um, sometimes at home it can be not easy to honour. Um, yeah. But honour your mum and dad, Bible says. Not for old dad, sometimes it was very unhonouring. Yeah. Probably, well, you know, there was probably reasons for it too. Like he wasn't helping the case. But but if we can, as much as we can, I think we've got to honour. And, uh, you know, in some cases that might be very, very, very difficult. But, uh, yeah, you remember my dad telling me one day, you just get in there and sit down. And he had a barber strap. Yeah. So I knew if I didn't, what would happen. I was a very perceptive young man. I was a bit like this lady. I perceived pain <laughs> if I didn't do what I was told. But man, I was standing up on the inside. I tell you, I wasn't there. Yeah, I wasn't honouring. <laughs> you know what I mean, don't you? Sometimes it can be this. You can get a boss at work sometimes and honour them. Oh my goodness. Very, 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 very difficult. But if we do, I just reckon there's blessing in it. And this lady perceived that. She knew that. I reckon that's what she was doing when she did what she did for Elisha. Number four, she had a giving spirit, a generous spirit, I believe. Says she was a wealthy, rich lady. Well, that means very little. Um, there are wealthy people who won't give anything and there are poor people who will give everything, even though it won't be as much. Or there can be wealthy people who do give and are a blessing. Like, it's up to us what we give, isn't it? And you know the thing of a generous spirit. I really, really like that. But, uh, you know, let's build him a room. Let's furnish it. Let's put a bed in there. Let's put a, a lamp and a chair in there that he can sit. And I don't know about his servant. He might have, he might have had to sleep out the back with the dogs or something. I don't know about the servant, but they, she honored the man of God. And, uh, uh, this is this is a little progression. Do you like a progression? Like a chord progression? Yeah, it's uh, Hebrews eleven twenty five. It says the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Now I've read that a few times when we've taken up offerings, and so it starts with a generous soul, doesn't it? It starts by that that soul realm, that mind, intellect, that. That soul realm being generous. And, uh, that's, that's where it begins. And so I believe this lady had a generous soul. And so then Proverbs 22 9, he who has a generous eye will be blessed. For he gives of his bread to the poor. So generous soul, and then the eye is looking to see who he can bless. And I think the whole thing at given becomes a progression. Kulbal talked about that when he, when he was here, did he not? He gave some money to a fellow pastor at the conference who needed the money. And then the Lord said, and he thought he was doing well, and that was stretching his finances. And the Lord said, what about all the others? Oh, no, Lord, no, like it. What do you do? Like it's a stretching thing. God stretches us, doesn't he? So the whole thing of generosity, you think, Lord, don't let it get out of hand, but we've got to have a generous eye to go with the generous soul. And then you get to Isaiah 32.8, that a generous 
person devises generous things, and by generosity they shall stand, or they shall stand firm in their generosity. They won't be moved. No, I said you could do that. I, that's it. Stick to it. They stand firm in their generosity. Praise God. And you people are. No, I'm not. I'm not preaching to the unconverted here today. I know. I know there are many, 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 many generous people here. But keep growing in your generosity. Amen. Just keep reaching out to people. Just keep going for it. It's the way to live. Amen. By generosity, they should stand. A living generosity. Yeah. And it's not only, you know, like it really, it's not only with finance either. Um, gee, sometimes time's a hard thing to give, isn't it? Something, you know, it can make, can put the pressure on you at times, but, uh, it's not like this that, you know, if we can help people, we've got to, we've got to be willing to do that and generous with our time as well. It works all ways. I got a, um, a call on Friday morning. I thought I had my week sorted out and I thought I had time to do all the things I had to do before Sunday, including getting ready to preach on Sunday, et cetera, et cetera. I thought, I think I've got things just sorted out this week. And I got a phone call from, uh, a pastor, uh, uh, she's probably, I think she's a second cousin of mine, pastors a church over at Stanhope. And she rang me about, oh, I don't know, 10 o'clock on Friday. And she said, um, she said, oh, Daryl, and then I'm desperate, I'm desperate. I said, what's wrong, Karen? And she said, oh, oh. she said, I'm just in a real mess. And I said, what's, what's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. And she said, well, I've got a wedding tomorrow at Violet Town. There's a couple who, uh, they come to our church, but they come from there and they get, want to get married in Violet Town tomorrow. And they have a wedding rehearsal today at two o'clock, all organized. They've taken time off work. And she said, I've woken up this morning and I am sick. And she said, I've rebuked and I've prayed and I've done everything, but I am so sick. She said, I am just really sick. Her husband's name's Wild. She said, Wild took me to hospital. And they said, you are so sick, you, we're admitting you. And she said, no, no, I can't. I've got to go to Violetown. I can't. And they said, you are too sick to, you need to be on a drip. And she wouldn't do it. And she's breastfeeding a little baby still and didn't want to, yeah, she said, no, no. And so they said, well, there's nothing. You're going to be awful sick. And she just said, oh, God, they've been praying. But by sort of quarter to 11, it was, I think she phoned me. She said, look, I'm, I'm in serious trouble. I cannot do it. I said, okay, Karen. I thought oh, my heart sank because I thought this is going to mess my, <laughs> it's going to mess my day up. But you've got to be generous with your time. Really. Sometimes you've got to do that. I said, okay, I will do the practice for you, do the rehearsal for you, but I'll need to get the, all the stuff you've got, all your, your books and stuff, uh, uh, she said, yeah, I know that, you know, and I don't know what wedding ceremony you have planned with them. I'll need that. And she said, I know, I know. And I said, okay, I'll come and get it. And so her husband met me sort of two-thirds of the way to help, but it was a long drive. But sometimes you've got to do that, don't you? And uh, so it was just good um, because uh, when I got there um, and uh, – uh, you know, to do the rehearsal, it worked out that I knew the bride um, from past 
and uh, I happened to know the lady, so the reconnection was actually very good, and met one of the children who we knew from here, and uh, couldn't believe the change in him it was really, really, really good, and so it was just really, you know, it was a connection. Uh, and uh, praise God, uh, uh, we did the did the rehearsal, and the, it's a bit of a rough time in the bloke. He said, "Oh, you're all right, you are." He said, "Yeah, I don't, Karen can't do it. I don't mind if you do it." He said, "You can come anyway if you like." And I said, "Don't get too excited." <laughs> I, um, but uh, thankfully, praise the Lord, she was able to do it yesterday. She wasn't. Uh, I don't think she was full health or anything, but she said, "I'm going to do it." And uh, but you've got to be like that sometimes. I could have said, "No, I'm too busy. Sorry." But I think sometimes you've got to give. You need that generous, you know, not only in finance but in your giving and giving of yourself. Sometimes we need that, praise God. The thing I think I really like about this lady, probably more than anything, last point, but I don't quite know how to put it, but say I'll put it like this. She didn't let her vulnerability, vulnerable, vulnerability, Stop her being blessed. Can I explain what I mean? You know, like sometimes people people can uh, seemingly to us have everything going for them. You know, you, you look at them and you think, wow, have they got it all together. And this lady obviously did. She was obviously her husband was a wealthy man. And so um, uh, obviously they had the, the money and the finance to build a, you know, a uh, like a grandpa yen or something on the wall or wherever it was for the for the profit and uh, you know to furnish it and I think it sounds to me like they did it with excellence and did it well and were a blessing to the man and so they obviously had means and think wow they got everything going but you know the lady was barren couldn't have children and uh, uh, today people choose or choose not to have children and some don't that's cool whatever. But back in those days, and we know that from the scriptures, that if a couple, especially if a lady had no children, it was like a rule, even if, you know, it was a medical thing and it wasn't her fault at all, they would just look down on, unfortunately, which is totally incorrect and not fair. But they would look down on them, oh, she's got no children. That's just the way it was in those days. And so she felt very slighted because of that, and obviously it was a sore point with her. We can think everything's okay, but there was one thing that wasn't. And it's often like that, isn't it? People can, you know, they can have everything going. Uh, remember Naaman, the Syrian, and, uh, uh, you know, another miracle out of the book of Kings there. And, and like, he was a leader. He's a captain in the army. Like, uh, he seemed to have everything going for him, yet he's got leprosy. Just one thing that was just a ruination of the man's life, you know? And people can be like that. Sometimes we don't know what the, the hurt things are in people's hearts. But we think, yeah, mate, they got it all together. Yeah, wow. And uh, they can be hurting real bad inside. And we don't necessarily ever know that. Don't know what people have been through. But what seems to me to happen um, is that if we've got areas in our life of which we are, you know, vulnerable, it can cause us to do several things. Uh, one is that we can start to get fear in us. 
because of that vulnerability, what's going to happen to me in the future, she could have said. My husband's older. When he goes, I've got no, no, there's no heir. We don't have a son. What will happen to me? And maybe that was a cause of fear in her heart. I don't know. Uh, areas in which we, uh, uh, you know, have not broken through into where we want to can drain our faith over a long period of time. I think life can just do that in circumstances. And Lord, I believe you can heal me. I believe you can provide this for us. Lord, I believe you can provide us with a new this, whatever it may be. And after time, or you know, we're praying for our kids, or we're praying for our family, or whatever it may be, and you pray and pray and pray and pray, and nothing seemingly happens, and you sort of think, oh, you know, like I've been praying so long, and nothing's happened. We never really know what's happened, because we don't really know what's going on inside another person's heart. But, but you know what I mean? Understand it can wear us down. And this lady, everything going, but no children. And it can also build in, in, in us a, I call it a stubborn resistance or refusal to move forward in that area in our life. And so we say, well, this morning we want to pray for people that, uh, have sore feet. And so the person with sore feet says, well, that's it been prayed for a hundred times before and so there's this and just and so nothing happens. You know what I mean? Like they just they just don't want to know, cut it off. And it can build that in us. When something's a long time it can do that. And so, you know, I'm sure this lady was probably uh, I imagine her to be mixing in well to do circles because, you know, they're a wealthy lady and uh, tend to mix in circles that probably weren't with some of the poorer people. But, oh, how are you today, dear? Yeah, the, the Melbourne Cup party, you know. And, yeah, no children never see. <laughs> Just, you know, people can be so nasty, can't they, with their comments. And and I'm sure she really hurt and bad, this lady. And, uh, and I know she was vulnerable because um, she said, uh, you know, Elijah said, look, uh, this time next year, you're going to be holding a son in your arms. And she didn't say, oh, praise God, I'm believing for that. That's, oh, thank you, praise God. That's not what she said. She said, no, 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 don't get my hopes up. Don't tell me that. Don't, I just, it's, this is hurting. This is, I'm raw in this area. Please, no, don't tell me that, you know. But it was a word of God, amen. It was a prophetic word of God and it come true. And I, I believe this lady ran with the word because I, there's a lot of things that can stop you getting pregnant. You know, like uh, if in her mind, in her heart, no, no, this is not. But I think she just relaxed and thought, well, God, if the man of God said it, I'm going to run with this. And soon she was pregnant. Miracle? Yeah, well, God can do those. Amen? And uh, she opened her life to it and she got a little boy, which was amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. And... Uh, like with Abraham, the man was old, but uh, still produced the son. And the same thing has happened here, and she's got a little boy. And so we know the story. Maybe next week we can talk a little about um, what happened from there, because the young fella died, and uh, the way this lady behaved herself and conducted herself when that happened is amazing, you know. And I'm not saying this morning that God just rewards the way we behave or conduct ourselves either. 
Because, you know, it's not by works, it's by faith through grace we're saved. And it's not that, oh, yeah, well, you know, Ian's conducted himself very, very well. Yes, that's there. We'll, we'll give him a healing, but we won't give Pam one because she's no good. But God doesn't work that way either. And you know that, don't you? You know it doesn't work like that. But I just think if we've got these good traits in us, like the hospitality thing or the welcoming thing, or we'll give people time or we're generous with our money or our time or whatever it may be or our resources or, uh, you know, um, uh, it's just blessing in life when you live like that. And uh, some people, I, I don't know, I don't, I'm not talking particularly about people from here either, but because in my mind, in all honesty, I can I can see people from whom uh, I remember from the church that we used to be in. And when I run into them, I just see the same old. I had thought that there might have been some progression and there might have been some breakthroughs, but I just see same old. Same old thing going on and oh, I'm out of work again. And I think, man, there's just this, these traits that if they were better, if they were pleasant, I'm sure she was a pleasant lady, you know. You, Elisha, well, I want you to come for lunch. Clean yourself up a bit too. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure she wasn't like that. I'm sure she said, look, we realise, I, I believe you're the man of God. I believe you're a holy man. And, uh, we want to honour you. Would you come to our house? We would be honoured if you came. There's ways you can speak. I mean, we've had guys apply for work at times and, and frankly, you get put off by the way they present themselves. You know? Uh, got a job, have you? And so, you know, Exhaust of the cars dragging along the road and it's got canvas poking out the tyres and they're closing up much better and the way they speak to you, you think, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't be like that, but it tends to put people off, doesn't it? But if we will live with all the things that this lady had, I just reckon we will do better out of life. And I want to see that, amen? All you young folk, <laughs> just the way you conduct yourself. Think of this lady and do that. But it'll bless you. It really will. Honor your lecturers, honor your teachers. But, you know, um, might be hard to do, but if you do it, there's blessing in that. Is that right? Who agrees with me this morning? Yeah, lots of you. And it's the truth. Sometimes it's hard to do, but it sets you up for blessing when you do that. Amen? That tenacity, Jacob got blessed, did he not? Remember, he wrestled with, well, it was Jesus, really, and uh, the angel of the Lord. And, uh, he, you know, he got his hip knocked out of joint in the wrestle. So he, you could say he got beaten, but he didn't get beaten because he held on. He wasn't going to let go. And what did the angel say to him? Well, it's getting toward dawn. It's starting to get light. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not to be seen. And Jacob just said, well, too bad. I will not let you go until you bless me. And, and if, you know, you read the New Testament scriptures, God loved that about him. He cheated, he told lies, he did whole lots of things that were wrong. And in some ways his character wasn't probably as good as his brother Esau. But God hated that sloppy attitude in Esau. The birthright comes through me. You know, I'm the oldest, that the inheritance, the responsibility. 
Oh, Mungry, who cares? God didn't like that attitude in him, you know. That you got this guy that was a deceiver, but he just sort of hold on and on and look, let him go. He just wanted the blessing of God in his life. He wanted the the the, the portion that came with the inheritance, like he, you know. He so wanted to be blessed. He wanted to be godly. He wanted to follow God. He wanted God. He wanted the thing that came with being the, the number one boy in the family. And he was willing to do the wrong thing even, but God looked at the desire in his heart. And that's what God saw. Amen? And so, because um, you can never tell. You can never tell where people are. And uh, I can remember a young fellow that I once knew, and, uh, and uh, man, he was blessed. And every time I saw the guy, he was more more blessed. Like he just kept getting blessed and blessed. Yet the way he presented himself, like he didn't look blessable. How do I say it? He, he was he was a rough diamond. Can, can I say it that? You know who who knows what a rough diamond is? He, he was a rough diamond. He was he was just he was out there, you know. And uh, but found out he was just an incredible giver. Just an incredible giver, and God honoured that and blessed him. And we can't see what goes on, you know. And uh, but with all these things, we can set ourselves up well if we will live that way. God blessed this lady, didn't He? Absolutely blessed her amazingly. So why don't you just close your eyes this morning?